0: Welcome to those joining us online and those here at our Apple Valley campus. We are in week four of a series called Who Do You Say That I Am? We're looking at the different names of Jesus Christ, and today we are looking at Jesus Christ, the Deliverer. Uh, in the Bible, it is mentioned 290 times. We're just going to dive into it. Uh, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, you can find this idea of deliver In Psalms 18.2, just as an example, says, the Lord is my rock, my, ref, or my fortress, my deliverer. Romans 11, 26, 27 says that the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob, and this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Throughout the Bible, this name, this idea of deliverer can be found most often referring to Jesus Christ. This idea of deliverer can also be found in our culture. When you think about it, we are actually fascinated with this idea of a superhero, a rescuer, a deliverer. All of the biggest grossing all-time blockbuster movies have the exact same storyline. Spider-Man, Batman, The Avengers, all of these have the exact same storyline. The rescuer comes in, the superhero comes in, swoops in at the last minute when all odds are stacked against and rescues. Now, I know I probably just offended a whole lot of sci fi superheroes, and you're gonna, come, you're gonna come up to me afterwards and explain to me the massive difference between Batman and Spider Man. Um, I get that, but here's what I would like for you to explain to me is not the difference, but why do they all have to wear spandex? That, I just, I don't understand why they all have to do that. Uh, we do have a picture of some superheroes with Jesus saying, and that's how I saved the world. So he won upped all the superheroes. And uh, he always does. It's good. But that's a movie. Superheroes aren't real. What about your life? Have you ever been desperate for a deliverer to show up? You hit rock bottom and you just needed the deliverer to show up in your life. You're desperate. You may be sitting here and you may have a smile on your face but you know you're facing a very difficult job situation. It's very likely that you're going to lose your job. Or you're sitting here and you're unemployed and you've been unemployed for months and possibly even years. You're dealing with a depression that no one can understand and you want out. You're dealing with cancer, a relational conflict, an addiction that you cannot break. You're dealing with infertility and indescribable pain and you need a deliverer desperately. Less than 10 years ago, I went through the darkest season of my life. I was sick. I went to see three different doctors. They could not figure out what was wrong. And I became very, very depressed, anxious. One afternoon, I was leafing through the Bible, looking for a verse to hold on to, losing all hope. I picked up my Bible, threw it across the room, and I cursed God. I was scared. I was angry. I was hopeless. I needed a deliverer and it felt like Jesus was nowhere to be found. At very best, he was late. There's an amazing story in the Bible, John 11, that can offer us hope and maybe even some answers. The context is this. Jesus had a very close friend named Lazarus. He was sick. His friends, his family, knew that he was sick and knew that Jesus Christ had the power to do a miracle in his life and to heal him. Although Jesus was just a couple miles away in Jerusalem, they begged for him to come. Jesus said, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. In verse 4 of John 11, Jesus says this, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Today, we're going to quickly walk through this story and look at some things along the way. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip through some, uh, some of the verses and we pick up the story in verse 17 of John 11. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had, been, had already been in the tomb for four days. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How is this possible? Jesus just said in Scripture that Lazarus would not die, and then he died. You've got to believe that Martha was desperate, frustrated, confused, and hopeless. It's important to, be, to understand that in that day, the Jewish culture believed that the soul of a dead person would return to the tomb for three days. And after three days, the soul would depart and never return. In other words, it was too late. There was no chance the deliverer was too late. It was clear from Scripture that Martha was a believer in Jesus. She called him Lord. In the next couple of verses, she even calls him Messiah and teacher. She was a follower. She was a believer in Jesus Christ. But her faith was slipping. She intellectually could not figure out why did Jesus not just show up a little sooner. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Jesus was deeply moved and even wept because he felt the pain of the one he loved. He does not weep because he doubted his own ability, his own power. He did not doubt that he had a plan. But he entered himself into the situation and felt the pain and the desperation. He wept. This is where Jesus is different than the superhero types that we see in movies. He does not stand above or beside. He does not tell Martha, just snap out of it. He is neither philosophical nor patronizing. He acknowledges her pain and desperation and enters himself into the situation. Never doubt that Jesus hurts when we hurt. He feels your desperation. He feels your pain. His tears in this story tell us that our pain is very real. As a father of two, when my child cries, "'I want to trade places.'" I want to take their pain. Jesus feels the same way. He desperately wants to trade places with you and take away your pain. But in the midst of the pain, never doubt that God still has a plan, and it's not too late, even if you cannot understand it in the moment. In verse 40, says, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? In verse 43, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. Jesus did the impossible when it seemed too late. I love this story because it shows us that Jesus is able to do the impossible. But I also love this story because Jesus not only raised a dead man, Jesus freed Martha of her doubts and built her faith. Although it seems like Jesus let, it, let things go too far, she frees Martha from the demanding need to understand everything. Martha discovers that Jesus can be trusted in every situation, no matter how chaotic, how desperate it feels. He is good and nothing is beyond his control to the intellect who is here that needs to figure out everything about God. God is bigger. God is bigger than your brain. He made your brain. (laughs) Here's the point of the entire story. Whenever there seems to be a delay in your life, it is for your good and God's greater glory. Think about the woman that was sick for 12 years. In Matthew 9.20, it speaks of this woman who for 12 years was dealing with this sickness. She desperately prayed. She heard that Jesus Christ was coming through this town. There was a massive crowd. It says that she fought her way through the crowd, and the moment that she touched Jesus Christ, she was instantaneous and miraculously healed. In a moment, she was healed. But her moment took 12 years years. Don't miss the details of stories. It's too easy to read stories like this and hear stories like these in Teen Challenge and forget how hopeless and desperate they were for a deliverer. When we find ourselves in situations, we can think of every detail and every reason why Jesus is just too late, but he's not. It is absolutely painful and he feels your pain. He weeps with you. But it's not over. It's not too late. The final chapter has not been written. Do not give up. Keep praying. But you say, I've prayed, and I've prayed, and I've prayed. I love what one of our missionaries, Dick Brogdon to the Middle East, says about unanswered prayer. Remaining faithful in spite of unanswered prayer reminds Satan that God is still greater. Think about the mother who's been praying for her drug-addicted son or daughter. And day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, is faithful in prayer. Picture God and Satan have a conversation. Day after day, faithful prayer. Month after month, God turns to Satan and says, Satan, you got anyone like that? that doesn't give up, that still believes that I can come through, God is not done. He still has the power to do the impossible in your life. Your story is not over. (laughs) One more Bible story. Stephen, this is my favorite one in Acts 6 and 7, says that Stephen was a follower of Jesus Christ who loved his life even more, loved Jesus even more than his own life. He did amazing signs and wonders. He was bold and courageous for Jesus Christ. But many did not like what he was teaching about Jesus Christ. The Bible says that many took him outside the city and then began to throw rocks at him and kill him and with his last breath, he said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Some of you may know that Stephen was the very first Christian martyr. History teaches us that the blood of Christian martyrs is the seed of the church of Jesus Christ, which you and I have the privilege to be a part of. Stephen not only proudly and courageously lived, but was willing to die bravely, not for himself, but for God's greater glory. Stephen knew that there was a much bigger, grander, greater mission that Jesus was sent on this earth for than our comfort and our pleasure Stephen understood that this life is not about him, but about God's glory and his mission. Even in death, God's glory can still prevail. Christ gave his life to deliver us from our sin and set us on mission for his glory. We can and should give more, do more, and be on mission for his global glory. Our mission in this life should be for his glory to reach the ends of this earth. Today as we sit here, 40% of the world has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ one time in their life. I believe it is the greatest injustice in the world. We should live, do, give more so that his glory would reach the ends of the earth. Jesus has a plan for your life. The challenge that we face when we, when we read Bible stories and hear stories like we've heard today is that in a matter of minutes, we feel the tension and we see the deliverance. But insert yourself into year 11 of the sick woman. How desperate were her prayers? Would he ever come through? Or imagine being one of Stephen's friends who saw the rocks crushing against him and he took his last breath and they felt like it was useless. They could never have imagined the glory that would come through the death of Stephen. Think about this. The ultimate delay was actually the ultimate deliverance. Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. When he took his last breath, you have to believe that many of his followers thought that Jesus had failed. But what seemed like the end was actually just the beginning. The beginning of our freedom. The beginning of our forgiveness, of our deliverance from our sin. Three days later, Jesus did the impossible again. Rose, seen by 500. And ascended to heaven. It was the perfect plan. It was God's plan. The Deliver made a way for us to be saved and to be put on mission for His glory. I began with the story about the darkest time in my life, and I wished I had time to share more details. But less than 10 years later, I'm standing here in front of you because God was not too late because Jesus Christ did not give up on me. Even though I was hanging on by a thread, he said, I still got a plan for your life, Justin. And he used River Valley Church in ways that you don't even know. I came to River Valley broken, hopeless, thinking that my best days were long gone. But I've lived better days from that moment to now than I ever had imagined. bow your head and close your eyes, I just have a few questions I want to ask you. Today you may be here, and this may be your very first time to River Valley, or maybe you've been here over and over and over, and you would say that you have never asked Jesus Christ to deliver you from your sin. It will be the greatest decision you ever make in this life, to ask Jesus Christ to deliver you from your sin, the Bible says that each one of us, every single one of us has fallen short and sinned. If you want Jesus Christ to be your deliverer, he will deliver you and set you free right now, today. The Bible says who the son sets free is free indeed. He can take away your sin, he can take away your pain, he can take away your addiction in a moment. If you want Jesus Christ right now to deliver you from your sin, I'm just going to ask you to do one simple thing and to raise your hand. And I'm going to acknowledge it, and you can put it down. I see several hands over here to my left. Yes, one, two, three, four. Hands way in the back, five, six, seven, eight. See that couple there, right there, over here on my left. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Way in the back, second to the last row there, right in the middle. I see the hands over here. Way in the back, second to last row, the last row there, I see your hand right up front, second row. I see you sitting here in the wheelchair. Jesus Christ is your deliverer today. I saw that hand go up and down right there in the second row, way over here to my right. Jesus Christ is your deliverer. There was none like him. He has the power to deliver you. Amen. Way in the back, I see that hand. You can put your hand down. Yes, in the back row there in the middle section, I see that hand just went up. Anyone else? Say, I know I've messed up. Buddy, I see your hand standing on your dad's lap right there. Over there, yes. So good. So good. Jesus Christ, the deliverer. Amen going can put your hands down. Maybe you're here and um, you have asked Jesus to deliver you from your sin. But your faith is slipping. You're dealing with something and you're just holding on. Intellectually, you cannot figure out how it's possible for God to deliver and redeem the situation that you're in. But you want us to pray with you that you would not give up, that you would not lose hope, that you would continue to trust that Jesus Christ is not too late, that he can still come through for you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and we want to acknowledge that and we want to pray for you that you would not give up, that you would not lose hope. Every delay, somehow, some way, God is able to work it out for your good and his glory So many hands. You can put that down. You can put your hand down. Last group. You'd say, I want to be more like Stephen. I want to live for your mission. Not for my own comfort, not for my own pleasure. No matter what it costs, I want to live for your global glory. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You are a believer, you love Jesus Christ, but you know that you need to get on mission to send his glory to the ends of the earth. You want to do more. You want to give more. You want to be more for his glory. I love this church. I love the heart of this church that want to see Jesus Christ glorified in all the earth. Such a powerful response. You can put your hands down. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for redeeming, for delivering us from our sin. It's not by our own works. It's not by our own effort. It is by your sacrifice that you are able to take our sins away. Your word tells us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I pray for those that are just hanging on to that thread of hope. They're desperate. They need you to show up. Jesus, give them the courage to not let go, to hold on, that the days that you have planned for them ahead are greater than the days behind them. Give them the strength to hold on. Holy Spirit, do it. God, I pray that within River Valley Church, you would raise up the courage and the boldness of Stephen that we would not live for ourselves, that we would not even live for our own life, but that we would live for your glory, your mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.